our building automation system has a lot of information, but it takes a human to look and look at those trends or set up the trends within the system and then go back and see what those patterns are and see where things are beyond threshold that they shouldn't be. So welcome everybody to the Ship You Wish Your Building Did podcast. And uh, today we're talking about the GSA, that's the uh, General Service Administration's Smart Building Strategy. And they've been connecting building management systems to a cloud-based platform, saving up to $33 million in taxpayer dollars annually. Anyone interested in delivering smart building projects at scale will find this podcast super interesting. So I really want to welcome uh, Anna Rawson to the podcast. Hi, Anna. Hi, Jim. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. And really, really interested uh, today to talk about uh, your work you've been doing at the GSA. So I think best place to start, please tell us uh, what the GSA is and, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, sounds good. So the General Services Administration, GSA, is responsible for three things. First, managing the federal real estate through the public building service, which is the segment of the GSA that I work for. Uh, also providing procurement services to federal agencies through the Federal Acquisition Service and providing IT solutions to federal agencies. Um, so the Public Building Service, my particular portion of the GSA, we are the landlord for the civilian federal government. And so we manage properties and maintain properties throughout the United States. So housing about 1.1 million employees working in 50 uh, federal agencies and about 400 bureaus. And that uh, consists of about 8,400 uh, facilities in over 2,200 communities throughout the United States and U.S. territories. Wow. Okay. So a massive um, portfolio, both in terms of like geography and um, types of buildings. So I mean, roughly like what, what you must have a very mixed portfolio. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. So our portfolio really consists of about 70% that's general purpose office space and about 30% that's special purpose office space. So we uh, manage land ports of entry, courthouses, laboratories, and it also consists of about uh, 481 historic properties. So that in itself makes it a unique portfolio to manage, especially given the changing climate of technology mm. and other uh, business drivers. Right, exactly. So I assume you must be dealing with uh, lots of kind of ty different types of technology, legacy equipment, uh, newer technology. How does that how does that work with you guys? Right. Exactly. So my team specifically is focused uh, mainly on our own portfolio. So about uh, we have 370 million square feet overall, and about half of that is in our own portfolio and the other half we lease from the commercial market. And so it does represent a number of different manufacturers, about 250 manufacturers overall. Um, we have a large um, portion of our inventory that we brought onto the GSA network in the early 2000s. And that's been really where we've been leaning since the early 2000s is to have a mindset of measuring, managing, and improving mm -hmm. through be, having remote visibility to our systems. First starting with advanced metering and then progressing to our building automation systems, which then allowed for us to integrate them to our, federal, our fault detection and diagnostic system with GSA Link. Okay, and then, so let's, let's talk specifically about these kind of projects you've been working on. Um, 
I mean, you've mentioned a little bit about it then. Like maybe we can start perhaps on your journey or the GSA's journey that you've been on. Okay. Like when did you first like get started or get serious about, you know, smart building technology and, and adapting it at scale? No, it's been a neat ride with GSA. So I serve as the Chief Facility Technology Officer, the Director of Facility Technology Innovation uh, for the Public Building Service out of the Office of Facilities Management. Um, I joke that I'm about to turn 21 in January. I've been with GSA for many years now. I uh, first started in one of our regional offices in in Atlanta, uh, which is where I live. And Mm -hmm. My journey really began um, as an engineer. I'm I'm a co-op student from Georgia Tech, um, engineering background, and later got my MBA. And what I was able to do early in my career was, as an engineer, work on bringing on our first advanced meters onto our GSA network. So around 2003, we brought on our first advanced meter, separate from the utility meter, owner meter, collecting data, And they were just like me. There were many other ONAs, other engineers in the rest of GSA, bringing on first meters onto the GSA network. We now have about 2,300 meters connected, and that's growing. And this was really driven at that time based on a number of different federal mandates that really first focused on electric meters, then later gas and water meters. But fast forward to today, that paved the way for building automation systems, which I also was an engineer at that time working on bringing the first uh, building automation systems onto the GSA network, which building automation systems, as you know, controller, HVAC, lighting, and other building monitoring control systems. So we integrated our first BAF back in 2008. And again, just like the connections and working heavily with our IT partners on our advanced meters, working with our building automation systems, that provided the opportunity and foundation to set the path for smart buildings, really focused on open protocol systems, converged networks, normalized and secure um, data, uh, secure system platform. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, you guys talk about the GSA Link platform, is that right? Yes, that's right. So we launched GSA Link in 2013. So mm-hmm. we integrated our first building automation system in 2008. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't too long after that that we then started uh, our smart buildings journey, continued our smart buildings journey from connecting to then integrating into analytics. Uh, 2013, we were able to uh, launch GSA Link. We started it off as a fast 50, identifying our first 50 buildings that would be integrated to the platform. And it's grown since then to 114 buildings, and we're actually in the process of uh, integrating an additional 16 this year currently. And we've really refined the processes to allow for integration of more buildings now at this point based on our contractual agreement. Okay, that's really interesting. So you've started, you know, you've grown this over time. Uh, Maybe we can start with, I mean, you said mentioned the first time it was 50 buildings you connected to to this platform. And this this is an analytics platform right that you're that you've yeah and mm-hmm. so maybe exactly you could... so it's a fault detection diagnostic system mm-hmm. so basically what it does is our building automation system has a lot of information but it takes a human to look and look at those trends or set up the trends within the system and then go back and see what those patterns are and see where things are beyond threshold that they shouldn't be it takes time is the mm-hmm. translation so a fault detection and diagnostic system allows for the system itself to run those analytics. So we have about 60 60 or so rules, we call them rules, 
that when they are broken, they become sparks. It becomes a spark in the system and it generates a correction that needs to be acted upon um, based on loss of performance in the, in the equipment, whether that's energy-based, whether that's mechanical, it, and then it provides guidance to the um, operators to make those corrections. Okay, right. So, the, so that those analytics are provided to the guys on the ground, the, the managers of those, those, those uh, properties. Exactly. Yeah. So that was actually something that we learned through our journey. So um, GSA Link launched in 2013. We launched our national uh, computerized maintenance management system in 2016. And looking back, we would have done things the other way around. We would have launched our NTMMS before GSA Link because, you know, out of sight, out of mind is the typical saying, right? Mm -hmm. So what we came to learn through that process was that um, we really needed to integrate into the workflow of the operators, that it was important that the information found through GSA Link, that the sparks that are identified in an automatic way enters their workflow, so becomes part of their routine system that they check. And so we were able to integrate um, GSA Link to NCMMS in 2017. Uh, NCMMS is used throughout GSA. We have 1,500 buildings connected to it. And it's our main one-stop shop for facility management um, operations. Okay, and now you've linked those two systems, or you did in 2017. Okay, and you know, obviously it's 2022 now. Where where are you guys um, in your journey at the moment? So it's you know it's funny because men, like many other owner operators, we're all facing uh, the challenge of um, adjusting to environment and climate demands, right? So GSA, at GSA, we're aiming for net zero building operations by 2045. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really focused on making the federal footprint more sustainable and more cost efficient. And as a government's landlord, we feel an obligation and a responsibility uh, to lead in a purposeful adoption of emerging technologies and smart building technologies uh, for our you know, global economy and for the management of our buildings. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really focused on, I'll say, an all of the above, a yes and type of approach, uh, really partnering across our organization to first electrify our buildings as a performance standard. Uh, we see that happening in other sectors, not just the building sector. We see that in the car sector as well. Second, focused on uh, a deep energy retrofits, trying to lower and minimize our consumption to the extent practicable. That's been a focus for decades at this point, but that has to remain a focus for us. And then to get our buildings net zero ready, uh, layer on renewables and use technology to help us achieve that goal. And our smart buildings component and analytics plays a key piece to that because you can install a lot of technology, but you have to manage it well in order for it to be effective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, in terms of, you know, output, right? Obviously, you mentioned at the beginning, part of this is about measuring um, performance, Um what are, what were the the kind of key performance indicators that that you guys you know set down early as as what you wanted to to achieve and and have you achieved those? Right, and those it's funny because that um, we identified key performance indicators early on. We had three main key performance indicators. One of them being our total estimated cost impact, what we lovingly call our techie. Uh, and which is what you quoted at the onset of the introduction. Uh, we had uh, analysis, a study done by Carnegie Mellon University 
uh, back in 2019, and they did a review of our calculations for the total estimated cost impact. Their study was based on 60 of our buildings. So again, now we have 114 buildings on the platform, but at that time, they really looked at a subset of just 60. And what they found was for three different types of impacts of the, a total cost saved, or cost total techie of 17 million. And they compared that to how our analytics were calculating at that time. And we were able to make refinements on our techies to have it even more um, reflective of the building conditions and, and what should be the calculations. So um, what they also found was that the payback for the system, so integration of new buildings payback in less than two months, and that annual cost avoided per building were about 283000 so again, it's been a very powerful system for us. We're using it more than just fault diagnostics at this point, where you have a number of other use cases for it, uh, including, you know, we've run COVID reports, for example, looking at energy data before and after really in this changing environment and, um, and just hybrid work and other other uh, factors that have come to play at this point in, in building operations. Mm -hmm. Okay, brilliant. Um, and I guess we can put a link, actually, I guess, to that uh, Carnegie... Mellon uh, report in the in the show notes. We'll definitely do that because um, yeah, I guess that was an independent study, right? That that looked at all. And I think you said to me earlier that it, it, they if initially looked at sixty buildings, but that's been extended now. They've looked at sixty buildings. We probably need another re refresh to that. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Yeah, because that we have some yeah. other yeah. We have some other metrics as well, which um, were to my point of kind of evolving and changing. So we had a comfort metric as well that we are actually currently looking to revise uh, to make it more reflective of the changing environment and smart sensors and other um, opportunities that we're pursuing at this time. And then deferred maintenance, which was really focused on if a spark happened in the system and the operator tried to act on it, but realized they needed funding to be able to address it, then it would need to go into deferred maintenance. Well, that's good information to have that they weren't able to act on it without providing funding for a project. But now what we're doing is uh, we're partnered with our portfolio management group so that they're in, the, in part of that conversation and they're receiving the data and are at the front of being able to act on that need as opposed to the local people, the local operators knowing that information where they um, may need additional support for actually obtaining the funding. Great. If part of the uh, part of this as well, I know is that you guys are really keen on sharing your learnings, right, about what you're doing, being uh, an example for others to who that can, you know, that that can benefit from this technology. What are some of the? Do you think of like the key lessons for 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 companies who want to do? smart buildings at scale? I think the foundation is really important. Um, again, going back to ensuring that uh, systems are open, uh, open protocol systems, that we have flexibility in providers, that we have a converged network, we're not missing opportunities to bring more data in and looking across where um, you know, uh, analytics could be run across systems. Um, 
normalized data, making sure that we have a consistent naming convention for the data that comes in, because again, more data is going to come. Again, I mentioned smart sensors and other opportunities that we're looking at. So it's going to be important. It's very important to keep it consistent. Mm -hmm. And then secure. We're very partnered um, with our GSAIT counterparts. Um, that's a very important part of our strategy, um, because again, it does us no good if we have all this great all these great tools that all of a sudden can't be used based on um, bad actors or other mm -hmm. impacts. Uh, so I think that the foundation is critically important and also realizing that as you grow, you have to both balance upkeep of what you previously installed with bringing on new. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing that now uh, in the need for replacement of end of life advanced meters, continual modernizing building automation systems, uh, all while we're uh, looking to, uh, fill new solutions, like address new 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 gaps that are in our um, needs. So we're currently in the process of deploying a unified user interface, uh, as well as deploying smart sensors at scale for our portfolio. And again, it's very important that we get the foundations right because as you add on, it's a it's going to need to layer into the rest of um, the portfolio uh, that's already been established. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's some. Excellent advice. I mean, in terms of open standards, um, you mentioned data normalization. Um, can you speak a little bit more about that? What, what kind of techniques or what kind of open standards are you guys using? So for open standards, we're, we have a great deal of our inventory is BACnet. We have um, my, my region previously used Lawn. That's very little actually of our portfolio, but a great deal is BACnet. Um, then you know, our uh, smart buildings team is really focused on working with our counterpart. Uh, the way we're structured is we have our 11 regions and within each region, there's a smart buildings group or, mm -hmm. or program manager. So our national team coordinates with them based on what is existing, the projects that are coming on board. Uh, we have a naming um, standard um, guide that is used for our projects. And so that is what we lean on as well as our um, smart building overall uh, program guide that provides broader um, guidance for how these projects are to be executed. And in 2001, actually it's in December of 2001, our administrator signed our first smart buildings directive, uh, which further pushes alignment across our organization uh, between our GSAIP partners, project delivery and facility management um, to ensure that we're following our standards uh, for each of our projects and our operations. Great. So I th one of my last questions, I think, would be, you know, it's 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 fantastic. You've you've obviously done a lot of work on this, um, and it's I guess, quite mature now, right? Like it's been it's, this project's been going on for a long time. But I mean, if you're looking back, like, what would you what would you do differently now if you were to start again? If I were to look back, I think it goes back to that MCMMS comment that, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you're there. Um, I think that we are in that age, though, now. I think we, at that time, missed the opportunity to look at our, at least our GSA world through the operator's lens, that they needed to have the information at the forefront. And right now, a priority for us is, you know, ensuring that we are doing that, that we are entering an age of experience, um, both from the operator's perspective, uh, facility manager's perspective, and more importantly, the occupant's perspective. So 
Whereas at that time, we were really focused on the analytics, the data. Now it's much more what, what helps the end user, uh, what helps the occupant have a better experience, what makes it an, an easier day-to-day for a facility manager to partner well with our operations and maintenance contractors. And so to that end, um, again, we're focused on a unified user interface. Many of us have had that experience where we have many different systems we need to use day-to-day and all these passwords, et cetera, to have to keep up with. You know, again, out of sight, out of mind. So we're trying to bring all these systems together uh, in one one system, one view, single pane of glass, so it's often called as well, um, to better allow for, depending on the roles, um, to absorb the data, whether that's the local operator, the facility manager, you know, energy managers, sustainability managers, asset managers, et cetera. So we're looking at different profiles and the different systems that contain the information that's important for their day-to-day activities. Um, so that's what we would do different is looking back, data is important, but really focusing on the need of the people. Uh, we build buildings for people, mm-hmm. so not just to be built. Uh, and so keeping that at the forefront, I think it will set us on a good path uh, going forward. Great point, because it sounds like you've got a lot to do in the future as well. You're not, you're not stopping now, are you? So going to be developing more. I mean, what, what does the future look like? Oh, so actually right now, I'm glad you asked that. So we have an open RFI, um, our Green Proving Ground program. Um, Center for Emerging Building Technologies is another part of the program under uh, my group. And our Green Proving Ground has an open request for information. It closes in on December 9th, and it's focused on helping us achieve net zero carbon. Uh, so really an emphasis on improving operate, operating efficiency, promoting healthy workspaces, uh, whole building electrification, uh, carbon reduction, uh, on-site generation, renewables. Um, and then there's also a component to the electric fleet. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time day-to-day talking about electric vehicle supply equipment. We have our Applied Innovation Learning Laboratories, our AL sites. First one kicked off back in August at the Denver Federal Center, uh, looking to uh, build on technologies that uh, Green Proving Ground has identified and will continue to identify through these processes like the uh, request for information that's open right now. So um, we have our green proving ground that helps identify the emerging technologies partnered with Department of Energy. And so they do measurement and verification on these emerging technologies uh, to help really support um, their you know, per, um, emergence through the commercial sector where they prove effective. And so it's a pipeline for us uh, at GSA. We, we see if mm-hmm. they're successful and then we're able to adopt them through our uh, portfolio, um, and such is the case with our smart sensors and our UUI, for example. Those were uh, test bed technologies within uh, the GPD that are now being deployed through smart buildings. Great. Well, I wish you luck with that. <laughs> it sounds awesome. And um, thank you. I think just to say thank you so much for sh- for sharing these um, your experiences with us. I think that's going to be really interesting for people. And like I, I, I think in terms of scale, like there's not many people who are deploying. Um, you know, in so many buildings and across so many different types of, uh, type, you know, building type as well. So it's really, really interesting to hear what work you guys have been doing. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jim. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.